Caribbean is often described as the most tourism-dependent region in the world. A titan is described as one that stands out for greatness of achievement, one who is influential in his field. I'm Marlene Stevenson-Daly. Welcome to our podcast. We call it Jamaica's Tourism Titans. It's about the movers and shakers of the industry, men and women who have contributed to its growth and development in Jamaica, the region, and indeed, the world. Welcome to another episode of Jamaica's Tourism Titans. I'm very pleased today to have a goal-oriented and dedicated tourism development leader with over 30 years' experience in business development and strategic planning as my guest. He is the chairman of the Resilient Corridors Committee and was awarded an order of distinction, Commander Class for Outstanding Service to Tourism. He is John Biles. Welcome, welcome. Good to have you. Thank you. Thank you for having me. It is my pleasure. Tell me, you were born and raised in Montego Bay. Absolutely. Yes. Tell us about those early days. So Montego Bay has always been a tourism centric. um, It was a town and it's become a city, Mm -hmm. the capital of tourism now, of course. But growing up, um, you know, I had friends that were in the hotel business. Um, One of my best friends growing up was the grandson of the owner for Bay Rock Hotel. Um, and that, of course, became the flagship yes. Sandals Montego Bay. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I, you know, I grew up at that point, you know, from very early age, um, enjoying the the whole hotel you life, so to speak. used to be at so Dr. Skave from time to time. Dr. Skave. Um, and another friend of mine, his mother... Um, well, you know, their family owned quite a few, um, properties. And so three days a week, I would go to ride horses at the Montpelier, which was one of the, Diana Delisa, one of the, her family mm-hmm. properties. Um, and of course play, you know, after you ride playing in the river and enjoying that whole area. <laughs> so, um, you know, I, I really had you know a lot of a lot of fun as a child um the same person diana delisa also had a water sports operation in the grill in the very early days and um and she had horses down there from from then so um it really has been you know you know lots of memories of just enjoying jamaica and it's in its Full sense. Yes. What stands out for you in those early days in terms of the tourism scene in Montego Bay? I remember there used to be a a club on near to the city center. Was it the banana boat? No, banana boat would have been before your time. Banana boat was before my time. Before our time. But what was it? What was it like um, just being in Montego Bay? Well, in you know, I, I I grew up with city center being the the, the duty free center um, of of tourism, um, and of course, you know, but my 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 experience was really not just based in Montego Bay. Uh, in in the middle to the middle seventies, um, my father had started first of all the 
you know, what became the, the rock house, five little cottages down there that he was selling in the early days. And then he built a small hotel, which was Coconut Cove. Coconut Cove um, at the time was one of the first hotels in, in the grill. I remember it was Coconut Cove, another hotel that was close by called Sundowner. Yes. And then after that, it was Dr. McNeil's father that had um, one other property on, on the beach. And that beach was just pristine, empty. Yes. And, um, you know, in starting that hotel, and I would say that that has probably had one of the biggest impacts is, um, you know, growing up at that time in the grill. Um, and guests would come and there really wasn't anything to do. So, you know, one of the first things, of course, was, you know, my father had some polo ponies and some horses and he started, you know, setting up for the, the horseback rides and um, uh, along the beaches in those days. The beaches were like Bloody empty. Bay was completely empty. Yes. Um, and then, you know, water sports activities, whether it be the water skiing, the parasailing, the, a lot of these things were... Started to take form. Were, were very new. Yes. And, um, but you had to develop these different activities because I guess, of course, we'd be there after two days. I wanted stuff right. to do. Other than just be lounging on the beach and getting your sun tan and all of that. Need something else to do. Right. And I, you know, um, who came to work there in the very early days was a very young Joseph Fosmeyer, which I know has been on your yes, show before. Yes, yes. And, um, did mention. <laughs> yes. And, and it's, it was one of those times when, um, you know, the, you really, when we talk about farm to table today, which is very popular, or ocean to table, that that happened by default. Yes. So it it really it was that connectivity taking place between tourism, and 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 the the, the wider linkages. Yes. That. All of the other services that you now need to tap into to make sure that tourism is at its best. And what the guests are valuing. Yes, and that's very important. Yeah. Very important, especially if you're marketing, you're, you're marketing expectations as well, and you must fill, fulfill those expectations or else you'll get a dissatisfied customer. Absolutely. <laughs> yes. It's come full circle. Yes. All right. So you were steeped in the business of tourism from an early age. So you literally grew up in tourism and you grew up here in Montego Bay and you left for study. Tell us about yes, that. I went. I went away to university. Um, I did high school here, and say then the I name, say the I name. went to Cornwall College yes. and then to Belair in Mandeville. That Cornwall College blood running through you. Yes, that's correct. And you know the Cornwallian say you have. You know you either went to Cornwall College or you wished you had gone to Cornwall College. That's something we would say. Yes. yes. <laughs> <laughs> and um, so I, I, I went away to to school in Miami. Um, I graduated from FIU, studying finance and international business, mm -hmm. and I came back, and I, I remember I, I went to my mother, and I had a beautiful plan that I had, through my studies, I'd put together to, to run a horseback riding operation and fish farms and different things yes. that I was going to do at the property in Sandy Bay, and she said to me that she didn't pay that money to send me to school to come back and ride horses. <laughs> so, <laughs> so 
with that, she, she arranged for me to go to Kingston and, um, and to work. And I went to work with ICD, which the Matalans had for yes. about two years. And then I had the opportunity to go into my chosen area of finance at um, Pan-Caribbean Merchant Bank. And where you did I, that for how long? Um, I was there for about two and a half years um, before coming back to Montego Bay to start a um, an investment company. I was going to ask you what brought you back to Montego Bay yes. because you seem to have been around a little bit. So, so I to came do back your own home. Business, okay. Yes, to start. And it wasn't the horse business, right? No, still no wasn't the horse business. Around. Not yet. <laughs> um, so started Let's Investments in it was 1993, um, and yes, and it it you know I was I was uh, it did it did very well. Um, and in about 2000, I, 1999 to 2000, um, you know, I was speaking with my friends, the Melvilles, um, we played polo together and, you know, I said to them, why don't we do something like that in Montego Bay on this property that we had in the family? And they agreed, they came down, they looked and we, we started. So they had the horseback riding in, in Chucker Cove. Mm -hmm. And we started the operation in Montego Bay using the, the horses that we had and, and expanding them. And that would them. be the Montpelier location? No, that was actually the Sandy Bay location. Okay. Um, and, you know, in Sandy Bay, you know, just to tell you, I mean, <clears throat> growing up in Sandy Bay, that was a lot of what we did with the tours was what I'd grown up doing, swimming the horses in the sea right mm -hmm. there. Um, you know, and, 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 and riding up into the hills. So as children, myself and many of the other children who were either children of the grooms or children from the community, community. Uh -huh. um, we, we would just spend days just riding up into the mountains, eating up in the mountains at some so little area. So as someone area. with a financial background, you found a way of monetizing some of those childhood passions that you yes. had. Because That's, this is what you did as a child and you came full circle mm -hmm. having gone you know did what mom wanted you to do yes. for a while you're full circle now linking up with your friend and hey now we have chucker adventures yes that's yeah. pretty much how it how it went that company has been a game changer in terms of soft adventure in jamaica and you have you have grown so now we have an idea as to how it started but tell us about the expansion and where, where some of the places that you now have because it's now Chukka Caribbean Adventures, so it you're putting yes. your tentacles out a bit. Tell us about that growth. So, um, well, we started here in Jamaica, as we said, and then um, you know the major cruise lines were our customers. Yes, um, we still had a, a large hotel base here, and they they liked what we did, and they provided us the opportunity to open up in other countries which is really how we expanded mm -hmm. it was through the cruise relations that right. we expanded they want they saw gaps and um and and we were able to work with them to expand into what we're now where in six we, countries um we are in of course we started in jamaica we are in the turks and caicos belize dominican republic um barbados and St. Thomas Virgin Islands. 
what kind of mindset does it take to make that kind of leap? Because you do have some persons perhaps who are listening in and you're, you know, you're, you're doing your little business and you want to grow that business. You want to expand that business. But it's not just about the financial aspect of having the capital to do it. It's also about that mindset that, that takes, you know, somebody said to me just yesterday that if your dream doesn't scare you, then it's not, it's not, it's not lofty enough. Very true. So to move from one territory to six, that takes a particular mindset. Yes. Tell me. So, you know, my partners, um, starting with Danny Melville and of course, Mark, who is now CEO of Chucker, mm-hmm. um, they, they, they really were the ones that honed the relations with the cruise lines. And, um, and of course, Mark is, is quite a, a dynamo. He's someone that is always looking at the opportunities. And um, so each and all of the opportunities really were driven mm-hmm. by himself and the, and the cruise lines for the expansion that we did going to these other countries. And um, so that really was a part of, of or, or the strong part of the growth yes. story that we did. Um, of course, navigating that required making sure that we planned properly, that we were making sure that we had what we needed in place, um, you know, the people, the investment. Yes. And I'll tell you something, you know, it's, it's, it's amazing how we very quickly realized that Jamaicans are few and far between as far as providing that exceptional experience. And we found that, um, in many cases, we, we had our Jamaicans, if not going over and taking a lot of the guiding jobs, we had, we brought our Jamaicans into train. And, um, and, and it has been a very big part of our formula as far as the, 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 the visitor guide. Yes. I would call it the secret sauce. The training. Yes, the training, but there's something else. There's something inherent in us as Jamaicans that provide what I would call genuine hospitality. Hospitality. We put smiles on faces. Yes. We do it seamlessly. <laughs> and it's not part of the training. Yes. It's a, we, we more have to give our guides the guardrails. But that little magic formula is in, in, in the us people? as Jamaicans. In the people. In the people. Uh, for those persons who are listening from all over the world, from afar. Uh, tell us what are some of the packages, what are some of the attractions that you offer or tour packages within the scope of Chukka Caribbean Adventures? Right. So, of course, we started with a signature horseback ride and swim. Um, and that, that, has, that is still one of our very strong tour, tour packages that we offer. But we, we expanded into river tubing, zip lining that we got from Costa Rica. Um, we, Jeep safaris, ATVs, dune buggies, um, catamarans, um, you know, mini boats. Mm-hmm. And the, the, one of the newest types of zip lines we're doing now is we actually have a zip line that goes out into the ocean and brings you back and lands you <laughs> in the, it actually you land in the, in the ocean. But the one thing that we focus on at Chaka is 
we focus on being nature immersive. We maintain the authenticity. We want people to, to connect wherever we can with the community, communities, and um, most importantly, we want to showcase the best of every destination that we go to. And if we can't do that, we, we're not interested in going into that destination. We're talking to John Biles, the deputy chairman of Chaka Caribbean Adventures, and the gentleman who was also chairman of the Resilient Corridors Committee during the time of COVID-19, the dreaded COVID-19. We'll be right back. In tourism, the people are the product, yes. They are one of our industry's most important assets. They help create memorable lifetime experiences. They, through their service, make the difference. We share the stories of their challenges and triumphs, of what makes them tick, of who they really are, just to inspire you to act positively. You too can be an ambassador for tourism and our country and become a Jamaican tourism titan. Start today. TPDCO's Explore Jamaica has insights into licensed tourism entities across Jamaica. Visit the Google or Apple Play Store and download the app today. Welcome back. If you're just joining us, we're talking with John Biles. His name is synonymous with tourism in Jamaica, and he's known for his hard work, professionalism, and dedication in serving his country, Jamaica land we love. And just before we took the break, we mentioned that he was the chairman of the Resilient Corridors Committee. And we know how important that was in Jamaica's recovery. Tell us, tell us about that time when you were given this mandate and what, how did you execute? Who were some of the groups, people who were part of the whole process to ensure that Jamaica was able to reopen its doors long before many other Caribbean countries that are so tourism dependent. Yes. Um, I, I can tell you the, the shock of understanding that there was a complete lockdown in the world is not something that anyone expected. Certainly not, not us. Um, when it when it actually happened, um, there was there was a a period of just recognizing what was happening, and um, we very quickly, as a tourism sector, came together um, under the leadership of of Edmund Bartlett, Minister Edmund Bartlett, and um, and we started to put together a plan. I have never been more proud of us as a tourism industry. Everyone was accounted for. Um, it really was a coming together of the entire ecosystem mm -hmm. and understanding how important all aspects of that ecosystem were for the, the recovery of the tourism product. Um, in the very early days, um, we, we first of all realized that 
um, the world didn't have the answers. And we were very lucky to have a lady that was brought on by our minister, Jessica Shannon, who had had quite a bit of experience um, in the Ebola cases in Africa. Mm -hmm. And she was able to pull on a lot of the relationships that she had internationally. And we were able to get a lot of the cutting edge um, protocols, understandings of what the virus was. And out of that came the tourism protocols that was built out of that. It is incredible to understand that we locked down in March and we reopened June 15th with protocols for yes. all aspects of tourism. And there was training that was done. Remember the country was in lockdown? Yes, and I remember. The training I was, was extremely disappointed when we were locked down. I think it was a Thursday and mm -hmm. we had planned the Tourism Service Excellence Awards for the Saturday and we were in full flight and we were told that's it. Yes. That's it. And I'll tell you, the we Adam Stewart recognized that one of the most important things for recovery was going to be to secure airlift. And he was able to discuss with the cruise with the airlines mm -hmm. about committing the airlift to the country. And we had to reopen very, very quickly. Those protocols were put together and submitted to cabinet in sufficient time for the reopening of June 15th. Yes. And the, the training had to be, it could not just be the hotels. It, it would have to be everybody. Training was required for the attractions, for the transportation, for the craft markets, for everywhere. And in a lockdown situation, it had to be done virtually. Yes. And we put together, uh, you know, through TPDCO, they put together the entire training program and modules yes. for the COVID protocols in all aspects of tourism. Um, their, their team members, you know, Wayne Cummings, Nicola Madden Gregg, um, you know, that Omar Robinson, who was at the time the, pre the president of, of the, the JHTA. JHTA yes. um, later, there was um, Clifton Reader. I mean, the, the coming together, the training, the, 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 the way all aspects of tourism and the micro touch points of tourism were, were, were considered and brought into the fold. And it, what it really gave us a, a total recognition of as a country, I would say, was how powerful tourism was to the economy of Jamaica. Yes. There was no question after that shutdown what tourism meant to Jamaica and how many areas that we didn't even consider that had an if uh, that tourism was driving. Mm -hmm. I'm reading from an article here and it says probably his most important appointment to date is that of chairman of the Resilient Corridors Committee. And this was written back in, I think, uh, 20, 2020. Yes. Which is during the COVID time. And it says that of chairman of the Resilient Corridors Committee, which is an important voice for Jamaica's tourism and economic recovery from the coronavirus COVID-19 pandemic. He has been working tirelessly over the past 18 months to ensure that there is strict adherence to the health and safety protocols within the three corridors, the North Coast from Negril to Port Antonio, South Coast from Milk River to Negril, 
and the Kingston Business District, which is New Kingston and its environs. And the resilient corridors, which encompass the majority of the island's tourism regions, provide the opportunity for visitors to enjoy more of the country's unique offerings, as many COVID-19 compliant attractions, including craft shops located along the corridors, are authorized for visits by the health authority. So as you rightly said, it was the entire ecosystem coming together, down to restaurants, the persons who had cook shops now had to be learning these protocols. Make sure you're wearing your mask. Make sure you're sanitizing. Make sure you have wash stands. Make sure you do this, that, you know, <laughs> even just how you arrange to serve your food from on the on the line, on the buffet line. No, no buffet again. You can't go take up food and mask, sanitization, so the transportation. Yes. And the, yes. What a time that was. <laughs> and we're happy that we can at this point, not too long after, say that we are recovering well we have recovered yes we have recovered recovered. and as of april 2023 global tourism for the first time since the pandemic Mm -hmm. exactly three years later finally fully recovered jamaica recovered before that yes and jamaica recovered um the only other countries in the in the in the region that had recovered equal or greater than jamaica were Mexico and Dominican Republic. So we really stood out um, as a as an example. Yes. And there are many countries I know that would have looked to us as well to yes. say, how did you do it? And and to offer some sort of help and I, guidance and you know, for them as well. One of the things that, again, the collaboration, the collaboration with the Minister of Health um, he provided so much facilitation and assistance. Um, and at the end of the day, he was the final decision maker for the reopening. Um, you know, the, the, it was really, I, I can't explain it enough. It really was a coming together of government, private, private sector, sector, the big players, the small players. Yes. It was everyone. Minister refers to it, our minister refers to it as, you know, those moving parts that all have to come (laughs) together to make the magic of tourism. Yes. Now, you're also chairman of the Montego Bay Destination Assurance Council. What what is that? (laughs) And what is destination assurance? Tell us. So in the ultimate wisdom of the the ministry, um, what they were looking at is wherever there are tourism towns, that there's a need for alignment by all the agencies and all the players. And so what Destination Assurance Council is, is really, it's a meeting um, that takes place once a month, but there are ongoing um, actions and Mm -hmm. consultations and collaborations that take place otherwise. And it's about maintaining the tourism product the way it needs to be, making sure that it is... There's alignment and understanding and appreciation. And, you know, to, to the Destination Assurance Council in Montego Bay is very active. Um, it is, I would say, a success story for Destination Assurance Councils. And it really is because of the players within it. We have agency heads. They understand 
how important the tourism is for everyone. Yes. And um, and it really is, you know, I yes, I cheer it, but I am really, you know, I'm really there just facilitating what I would say is very good agency heads and other players that in their heart and there's a passion for protecting the product. Yes. What inspires John Biles? Um, you know, what I really would like to see is I like value adding. I like being able to add value, um, whether it be for visitors coming. I want to see smiles and faces. Um, in the tourism, there is there is so much more that tourism can do to improve the livelihoods of of people. I'm, I'm I really am driven by the fact that you know building that inclusiveness, not in the form of charity, but in the form of true value-added parts of the destination. And, um, and you know, you see it. You see the possibilities of it. You see it happening. Um, farm to tables. You see it in different forms, in entertainment, etc. Um, but it's an area that I would like to say we all have a greater awareness of the need that it just doesn't happen by default, and it has to happen by design. Yes. And what do you like to do in your spare time, if you have any? Yes. <laughs> You're very involved, serving yes. on several boards and, you know, just just making your contribution in different areas, but all related. Well, I love I love spending time with my family mm -hmm. um, and, and, and just enjoying. You have a little one now, right? Yes, I do. Okay. <laughs> I have two little ones. Well. Yes, uh, so, <laughs> but I have five baby. five beautiful children, and um, and I you know I really enjoy spending every minute that I can with them. Um, my work allows me to enjoy it in nature because just going to the sites with the kids and yes. they, they've grown up that way, and the younger ones will grow up that way. Um, and I I still enjoy my polo, which I play with my my children. All right. So you're still going back to your horse. Yes. <laughs> of some sort, uh, horsing around, <laughs> whether it's playing polo or, you know, riding the horses um, in into the hills or in the, on the beach or in the water or whatever it is. But finally, what do you say to young Jamaicans and just persons listening in generally as far as tourism entrepreneurship is concerned? How... How important is is that in growing the industry? And and you know you talk about inclusivity. What would you say to those persons listening in? I would say that we have a country with three million people, but we have over four million people in addition coming to the country every year. That's m money in their pockets, spending on entertainment and enjoying themselves in the country. Yes. This is a huge market that provides the opportunity for a variety of, of different um, activities, different um, opportunities for businesses, yes. whether it be agriculture, whether it be whatever areas 
people yes. are interested. And it's, it's really, the fact is that we know that people are coming here wanting to enjoy the country. They want to experience the people, the culture, the music, the food, the food. So the opportunities <clears throat> are endless. It's really up to our creativity to come up with ways that are going to, uh, what I said earlier, put the smiles on people's faces. Yeah. Um, you know, I heard the other day, someone said that when a guest comes and spends time with you, that it's an honor that they're putting their one week or two weeks of vacation time in your hands. Yes. I mean, some of our hands, it might be four hours or five hours. And just looking at it from that point of view and then identifying what can I do when that guest is here. To ensure. To ensure that they are going to have a good time. You know, there's money to be made in yes. that. And sometimes, you know, we forget that many people come and they come using their credit card. So it means that you have to go back and work your butt off mm -hmm. to pay for that vacation that you just had. So if you don't get a good time, I'm not sure you're going to be very happy paying back for something that you didn't enjoy. And so it really behoves us to give them the best experience. And I do believe that we do, we do well in that department, giving a good experience because we have, what, over 40% repeat visitors that's, that's to Jamaica. Correct. One of and the highest. Yes, and that's a big plus. So it means yes. that we are doing some things right. And uh, I just want to thank you. Thank you for the time today and for sharing with us. And I know you will continue the work that you have at hand. And I wish you all the best for not just Chukka, but for the planned developments for Montego Bay and, you know, the role that you play in terms of the destination assurance here. There's a lot of work to be done. So we wish you well. Thank you. And thank been. you for having me. It's really an honor. Yes, thank you. and it is my pleasure. Thank you so much for listening to Jamaica's Tourism Titans. We welcome your feedback at letusknow at tpdco.org. Leave us a comment, share, like, and follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at tpdcoja. I'm Marlene Stevenson-Daly. See you soon.